Ooh, Justin sitting in the DAO. How dramatic. Good morning. Success. How are you? Better than the end of last year. That was one of the more stressed periods of my life, I think. It's not completely resolved, but tough, tough financial scenarios with converting your business from a service business to a product business. Yeah. Just continual you know, ups and downs with either sales or lagging, lagging one sales or the other is, isn't doing what you want, but yeah, 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 it's just, yeah, nothing has been seemingly simple lately and making mm. me question all of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you still in that questioning mode or are you less so less okay. so I am partly because early January one, all of a sudden we had amazing sales, product sales, like mm. right away. It's like people Fantastic. were waiting for the new year to tick or something and then Fantastic. had a great start in the first three days so far. That's always encouraging. Yeah. How about you? How was your end of the year, mm. start of the new year? I uh, looked good. I can't say it was particularly stressful, which is good, but it was a bit weird. I got sick on that. Oh, yeah. On that yeah. last podcast we recorded. I was feeling a bit off that morning and it was a quick thing, but it meant that I was not at work for the last sort of 36 hours, day and a half. Yeah. Which was just a weird way to end the year. Like I was saying to Jay yesterday, it was kind of like a really odd way to just exit. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Quick, quick, quickly the day before our last day. Just disappear. Yeah. And not sort of get a chance to sign off and just see the year out probably. But other than that, it was good to switch off. Had a good break. Proper... Yep. Proper switch off from work brain, deleted all the social apps off my phone. Oh, wow. And managed to pretty much stay off them, except for the occasional check-in. Yeah. Po- posting of Chris- Christmas video message, etc. Yeah, that's good. And that was, yeah, it was just really good. And just had a pretty chill time, spending time with the kids and going swimming. And, yeah, no, it was good. Good break. And at one point, I worked. I walked in here to pick something up from the workshop. I kind of walked into the workshop doors. It was just like, oh, no, not ready. Backing away. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So it felt like quite a short break, but it was good. And it's good to be back, feeling sort of fairly invigorated and, yeah. yeah, good to be here. Got things I want to do. Yeah. I think for the first time in my experience having the CNC business, I had a pretty strong aversion to like wanting to work and to be here. Yeah. And that was weird. And that was also part of that same, like, just what the hell, you know, is that just normal at some point or should I really be thinking about this differently? And yeah, I don't know. Hopefully this is relatable to other people that you reconsider your career choices (laughs) at some point. I think you've created it yourself. Absolutely. I think it's very normal. Yeah, it's a strange feeling though to sort of get to that point where you do have that aversion to your own creation at times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's just about yeah, different headspaces and making room for those different headspaces. Yeah. I think they're important. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. It's been, been- mm. Yeah, I think my biggest uh, breakthrough, so to speak having taken a week and a half off, was just that lack of social media. Mm. It's like such a contrast. It's like going back 
10 years to pre-Instagram in terms of my brain having like little spaces in it again and not just being like, Mm. I feel the way I engage with social media is just like such a gap filler, like every moment of the day where I'm not busy, Mm -hmm. it's just like, and so it was wonderful to get some of that, some of those spaces back and free up some Free up some thinking time. That is, but yeah, I'm trying to now, having returned to work, and like obviously a big part of my job is content and engaging with those platforms. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to work out strategies now where I can do my job, but still free up that time at the end of the day, at least. So at the moment, my hack solution is just to delete delete the apps and reinstall them every day. Every day, <laughs> just. Holy crap. Which is not ideal. Um, What about like those focus modes or like I always manage to force my way around them, but there's like those timers or like you can only use Mm -hmm. it a certain amount of time throughout the day or something like that. Yeah, Yeah. I've tried and failed with those ones because I just force, brute force my way around them. Yep. Laura does use one which is quite good, which it forces you to, it just puts a time delay at the start of opening an app. And you can set the time delays. Interesting. So it just stops that sort of intermittent, like, just quickly checking thing, which I might try. Does she use Android? Um, but for, no, it's That's an iOS thing. But it's, Interesting. Yeah. It's a separate app, third-party app. I'll huh. find the name and chuck it in the notes. I think it works on one app for free, and if you want it to work on multiple apps, you pay for it. Yeah, trying to work that out, trying to work out how functional Instagram is through a browser and not very, like... Facebook's got all the, like, you can do respond to all comments and questions and stuff through their kind of meta business yep. platforms for mm-hmm. Facebook and Instagram, which is kind of useful. But in terms of actually posting content, I think you really just need to be on a device. You can't post as as reels can on tell. Instagram yet is the only major limitation I'm aware of. But, yeah. It looks like you can post reels now from a browser. What? But for Instagram? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I logged in and tested that the other day. I can't remember if it was through the Instagram interface or through the meta like business tools. So you could do Facebook reels, which aside from my one friend Joe who's mastered <laughs> those, they are worthless to me. Yeah. So yeah. Working that out. We'll get there. That's a tricky one because it's like for my mm. brain, when I'm frustrated and feeling down on myself, I fall into like a TikTok hole or something, you know, like, mm. Mm. oh, this is pleasing and I don't have to think about my, my pains. The exactly. classic. Yeah. Do you know of any tools that are good for distributing content across multiple channels semi-automatically? Oh, like one of those. God, I used, I mean, you could use like Zapier. It doesn't. Oh, yeah. I've done that a little bit. And since... Reels came out, it's kind of killed that usefulness because reels are the only way that things show on like Instagram in particular. But there was a thing called Hootsuite. Hootsuite. I never used that. Who? Who? But I know of it. There's something else. Buffer was one that let you like, these are ancient now, (laughs) let you like post into, into, you know, certain times. Yeah, and I've had a bit of a look around and nothing sort of jumped out at me but I to do some more research i have a feeling they're all going to uh, have the same problem with not allowing reels to work one fun little thing that there's this thing on like first week back i have this <laughs> it's 
not. It's, I guess it relates to like the whole New Year's resolutions thing, which I don't mm-hmm. do. Yeah. But there's a certain headspace on the first week back after summer break. I find of like my desk stays clean, my habits are quite tidy. Mm. I sort mm. of I take good notes. I leave work on time. Like everything's wow. quite orderly and structured and then I feel like it's just a slow decline across the course of the year into all the bad habits. But I do like the sort of the headspace of first week back and there's been a few little projects which I've delved into, one of which is building some new interfaces in Airtable. Ooh. Um primarily for production staff. Interesting. So rather than them accessing jobs through just like the default, yep. whatever they're called, bases. Yeah. And grid views, sound of views, I've been building a basic interface, which is still very much a work in progress. I've been sort of hung up on this idea for a while where I don't want people having to look for stuff and I want everything they need on a daily basis to be within like a single click. That would be I can nice. walk up to one of the workshop computers and they're like, <laughs> what do I need? Oh, there's the link to it right mm-hmm. there and you download that PDF that needs to be printed or you access yeah. a certain view in Airtable. So I've tried to sort of start building that where... They can search and filter for jobs quickly Hmm. from the full list. And then there's just a bunch of quick links that can take them through to like standards or like product, like product production standards. Or so it's been a good little thing to get my head into. Yeah, no, that's nice. I've I've tried with a few of those and never really found any good success in use. Yeah, they're like cool, but. Mm. I mean, I played with them so early when they came out that maybe they've changed enough that it's more useful now. But I just find them better. too limited for like it being really very useful. And I also always want, I want like a dashboard. I want like overlapping interfaces between different bases. That's like my my real dream because like for whatever reason we separated out things so that I think it was because of the limitations yeah. of automations re- early on that mm-hmm. you can only do so many things. So I was like, well, we're going to run out in this one, our main one, so let's create an inventory one that's separate and products that is separate. Mm. And so they're all different. And as we've discussed, concatenating these later is a nightmare. So I've never, I yeah, we're still kind of in this yeah, mess phase. <laughs> yeah, oh, we're still in the mess phase too, but I think the interface stuff has improved since it was first released. Nice. Definitely. That would be nice to be able to combine. I guess you can sync bases to each other, though, right? Yeah. I do a little bit of that. Yeah. We do that with inventory to pull it into the right spot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Do you have Sounds any sort of start of the year neat projects yeah. that you're diving into? Projects. <laughs> well, I, my comment on the year turning over was... Mm. I, I'm doing better than normal with it, but I, it's like the reason I hired accountants forever ago with, you know, tax things is I just find it to be so, it's almost like the opposite effect of what a, what a resolution is supposed to do for you. It's like, it does the opposite for me where it's like the end of the year. I'm always like, God, all these things I have to do like once a year, like, why do we have to do these Oh, it's you tax know. time for you, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's it, the turnover oh, of the just year. Just to the fun. Yeah, do inventory of everything. Like, I was, of course, <laughs> 200 
transactions behind on zero of reconciling, you know, that fun, like, Oh, what was all this? And, you know, in January, why doesn't this line up? Um, (laughs) looking at like actually looking at the income statements and going, God damn it. You know, the last half of the year was really good. Like it's, I suppose that's the thing I didn't really put on the list here, but I was, I was pretty frustrated by like how last year went in terms of a lot of, actually a lot of things. It just was a really stressful, challenging year. The one good thing that came out of it was deciding to start doing CNC products and like we were in yeah. such a product development mode trying to get NACWAL built and made, which it's a whole other topic. But like, you know, we finally put out the dust boot in end of June. And from that point yeah. on, we did fantastic in terms of like numbers, but we have, we're kind of behind, right. you know, like trying to catch up for the rest of the year. So like if we mm. can ever, we're close to like where I feel like we need to be catching up wise. So that's, that was a good re- realization that, it felt bad most of the year, but then I was like, oh, well, actually in this like five, six month period, it was actually really good. It's just, you can't always segment it like that. It's like making your own charts to make it look good. You know, it's kind of how it, which, yeah, yeah. which I, I would argue is important making yeah. your own charts to make it look good. Like mm-hmm. particularly at the end of the year, like what better time is there to like actually step back and reflect yeah. And how it went. And, and, you know, if you do have a little upward trend on a chart, then. Yeah. Great. great. Like, that's fantastic. Yeah, for sure. Mm. It's been very steady, which is surprising to me from I'm not always good at, like, looking at the actual, or like I said, my, my accounting software was behind, so I couldn't even use it usefully, mm. you know, yeah. like with those, like, yeah. income things. So once I actually caught it up, I was like, oh. This is, you know, product sales were pretty steady if you just kind of average throughout the, you know, a few months, couple down months. But anyway, that was encouraging. But otherwise, the, yeah, end of the year, like rush to get all these tax things figured out. And then you have a few days in January to do it. At least we do. And then uh, just Mm -hmm. kind of dealing with that crap too at the moment. Always fun. You probably don't have to do much of that anymore. No, thankfully. And ours is mid-year as well. Yeah, yeah. Just different headspace how quickly do you have to lodge have In, to like at the start of lodge your stuff oh, i have to get stuff to our accountants by like probably the end of the week like or otherwise it gets yeah, extended wow. Super and quick. they give us warning in december sometime but again the uh get the projects done by christmas stuff you know it's like i don't have time to do taxes yeah well, I, i'm thinking i have all this time so i've got to get back into that that's always, yeah, it's always stressful. I don't know if anybody else deals with it like this, but it's like you can't deal with the end of the year till the end of the year. <laughs> and yeah. then and then you got this short time period to like make it work. So I don't know just how it's been done on my side, I guess. You can keep your books up to date. That would yeah. help. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's funny because like all the invoicing is good. It's like my Amazon purchases are like, they split the purchases yeah. into like all these weird se- like invoices, and I'm like, I don't know what that was. Got to go search through mm. all the stuff. So it's it's way better. I think there's like fifty or a hundred things left to do on there. Mm. I think we we sound sounds like we've got a very different system. We Laura and I are classically bad at this, but it takes us about usually about ten months after the end of the financial year to actually finalize our books and lodge it all. Yeah. So we've almost got the full following year to like 
get our shit together and like finalize it with the accountant and then the accountant lodges it. Interesting. Means we're almost always running like a full year behind in actually finalizing. Which Sarah, our business manager, gets quite frustrated with. She's like, she's like the week after financial year end, she's like, right, let's go. Come on. Yeah. Let's get the shit done. The pandemic caused some pretty wonky stuff with our I think we filed our last taxes in like October or something. It was ridiculous. Like it's supposed to be in like mm. April. Yeah, yeah. And uh, anyway, it's mostly getting ready for our accountants to deal with preparing taxes because I I would guarantee your tax system is is better than ours because it's an absolute disaster here of like I'm going to go there but it's just it's it's a very messy system yeah yeah Happy New Year. Hey there, Parts Department fans. If you're enjoying the podcast so far, make sure to support Justin and Jim on Patreon to keep getting great content. As a Patreon supporter, you'll get exclusive access to their secret show where they dive into the stuff they can't say on the regular podcast. And let's be real, this is a lot cheaper than actual therapy. Don't miss out. Head to Patreon now and become a supporter. This copy brought to you by ChatGPT. Some funds may go to AI tools for our very important work. Other than that, I sometimes will do... Like, I was just staring at my 2022 goals, which I hadn't done goals the last couple of years. But I regularly, since like 2013, had done like annual goals. The pandemic stressed me to the point of like, I can't make goals. The goals survive, you know? And so <laughs> last year was the first year in yeah. a while that I like made some goals to try to like check through a few of them. And they actually turned out pretty decent. Pretty, pretty Some things Great. didn't, you know... <laughs> delegate and new roles. I did not hire anybody in sales or customer service or production management, which mm-hmm. would have been nice. But, you know, there was good things like we needed to replace the air compressor and or I, I wrote down dryer for compressed air and then we just bought a new air compressor that had a dryer. So I guess that worked out. I don't know. I'm not inspired to make a new there? list right now. Are you? Not Do really. You I should. I just you feel should. like sometimes they're really disappointing in that like you don't get even close to what I don't get, but I put on there and then I'm like disappointed yeah. like this year. I'm like, oh man, half of that's done. Yeah. But I don't know. Probably good. Always. Do you do goals I've ne- or anything I've, like that? No, I've never been. I've never been someone who does that. I've always just been floating along. Mm-hmm. See what happens. But I think that has changed over the last year because we've, as a business, we've got goals. And I can see the value in that in terms of working towards those in a very clear way. And so that's definitely rubbed off on me personally in terms of, yeah, just seeing the value in it. And it's not like the start of the year I wrote a goals list, but in my journal on January 1, I did definitely write some stuff down of like things I would like to focus on, Hmm. not goals as such, but sort of areas that I want to sort of just I was aware of January 1. I'm like, cool, I want to keep working on this. Like, you know, for instance, coming back to the social media thing, I was like, wow, I can see how positive this is. How do I maintain this? That, you know, continue yeah. to think about this and work it out. So, yeah, I don't know that I'll get to the end of the year and look back, but I just feel like it's a good time to sort of think about yeah. things move, moving forward. Uh, an interesting potential way that you could, I don't know if you played with these i haven't but i know this podcast i listen to they're really into setting their i don't even know what they're called but in ios you can do like based on time of day changes Mm -hmm. to your home screen 
So you could All set right. different icons on each. So if it's like after 5 p.m., you could do, hmm. uh, you know, like only things related to my home life or something like that. You know, whatever your your focus is. And maybe during the day, then it has your social media apps there. And just from not seeing them, you might be less inspired to click on them. I don't know. That's cool. I didn't know you could do that. I don't remember what it's called, but somewhere in there. Probably part of the focus mode stuff. Yeah, probably. Look at that. Yeah, cool. I really want to delete that bloody app library out of iOS, but it seems very persistent. Can't get rid of it. The whole... Yeah. Interesting. You know how, like, if you take things off your home screen, like I've reduced my home screen to a single page, but then you can always just flick to the right and it's kind of just got the full oh. mess of all your apps. Oh, like, yeah. It doesn't seem to be a way to get rid of that, unfortunately. Yeah, that, that would be. But, yeah, otherwise, sweet. The guys had a lean day on the last day here last year when I was out. Mm-hmm. They got a bunch of stuff done and they did a whole bunch of work to our sort of product storage dispatch area yeah which is looking good andy did a really thorough clean of the spray booth the water wall and just like chipped off all the because it builds builds up paint over the course of the year and all the sludge the paint sludge sort of builds up and up and up and up and gets closer to the top and so he did a full pump and dump of that so yeah workshop's looking good clean tidy ready to roll we kind of did that kind of unintentionally the last couple of days I've been on a kick to both to regain the uh, the money but also just to declutter stuff I've been selling things and like trying to figure out what we need and I th- I suppose mm, that's been cool. my most the closest thing to like a goal but it's mostly just been there's too much crap here what are we not using and one of those things was Ricky we had a decent amount of orders right from kind of that period after New Year's to like we got back in here. So Ricky spent a lot of time shipping orders and we've had this like shipping area underneath our rack in the garage. This it's got a desk and like some hardware, but it's really like completely non-usable. Like there's no computer there. You can't use ship station. There's no shipping. You know, the label's not there. The paper for shipping, the boxes are kind of there. Products are all over the place. Mm. And I was just like watching the last few weeks and then we had a discussion of like i don't know what this lean thing is where you like you know watch and then analyze and try to fix those things and i was just like yeah you keep walking back and forth to the paper (laughs) across the shop to package stuff and you know we laughed about that but then i was like okay how do we actually fix it and so we're like building i think what he's cutting right now is more storage in that area so that we can more easily access like boxes but It's still not going to solve the larger problem of, you probably have this two to seven degree, like a lot of our products aren't a thing that keeps in a bin and you can just grab one and put it in a box. It's like, it's like 24 inches or, you know, half a meter or something like that. And it's like, how do you keep all that and the boxes for that in a sensible place near your shipping area? And uh, we just don't have the space to to deal with it. So that's what we're trying to figure out lately takes up a lot of room mm-hmm. a lot of room like we only do that for two product lines the crates and kitter parts and we've dedicated you know huge amount of space to ha- trying to have sort of the version of the bin like the pick and pack bin but for furniture products yeah 
and we haven't yet solved the cartons. Like we want to have all the cartons for those products pre-cut and we've kind of got bits and pieces, but it's not not resolved yet. We're trying to create like SKU numbers for all our cartons. That's kind of the next thing. Oh. So that they form part of like the product pick and pack list. So you yep. like, you know, if you, you know, if I walk out there now and I had to pack a five upright set of shelves, I'd be like, how many shelves go in which box and which box is it? And like, yep. Like, oh, so we're trying to tidy that up, get it all pre-cut and itemized. But yeah. it's funny you say that. I had the exact problem of Ricky was out one day. I don't remember what the scenario was, mm. but and I had to do some shipping and I hadn't done it for like two or three weeks. And he'd also started to yep. reorganize some of it. And it used to be the exact opposite where he didn't know about any of the shipping stuff. And so I like mm-hmm. taught him about all of it and then he took it on and I was like, I don't know where to find the boxes anymore. So that was the other thing is the labeling is really key because it's like, oh, I know how to do this, but I couldn't find things, you know, it's just like really simple. And not that he like hid them, it's just just literally being moved a little bit. And all of a sudden you can't associate where they, oh, they used to be right here. And boxes tend to look exactly yeah. the same when they're like not put together. Yeah, it's you underestimate how important labeling is. I made a what was it in the spray booth last year? I there was a, I, I sprayed something. I can't remember. It was a project, but I think it was it was an internal project for the office. And I'd sprayed something, and there was this weird system of like paint buckets, the primer, and then the top coat. And if you're in the spray booth every day, obviously you could distinguish between the two. And I, mm-hmm. I just picked up a bucket. And I was like, "Oh, this looks like the top coat," and it wasn't. It was, so I ended up, you know, putting sealer as my top coat on this project. Mm. But just like mm. to the guys that are out there every day, obviously they knew yep. the the certain markings or crud on a bucket that identified yep, yep. it as the right one. But like, yeah, just a simple label update, just taking that time to go through and keep things sort of idiot-proof, I suppose, is super valuable. I think the thing that simplifies it, and, you know, it's just Ricky and I at the moment, but I said, we were talking about how to reorganize things and, like, how it should be, and I was like, I don't have any answers to, like, how exactly it should be, but just imagine Mm. the thing I think about and what you should think about is, what if you have to train the next person to use all this? Like, how hard is it going to be on you if it's not, you know, organized in a way that's easy or like Saunders always talks about somebody walking in, doesn't know your shop and they can just do this, the processes, yeah. which is like pretty far fetched, I think in most cases, but that's definitely better than nothing's labeled and there's no process goal sheets or anything or, or kidding instructions. So mm, got a long ways a to go, standard. but <clears throat> yeah, that's a great standard to work towards there. Yeah, for sure. I think it's good for goals to be like that standards or goals to just be a little bit out of reach. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're always chasing it. Uh-huh. Definitely. Mm. What's on for today? No, trying to trying to answer a thousand emails and get back to actually working on products again. Like that whole tax mm. catching up on fulfillment emails thing has definitely pushed me off revising the last few things that I feel like need to be resolved with the pedestals to start just producing them. Yeah, I need to get back to like splitting my day into different segments, I think. I've just been kind of under a following whatever feels important at the moment and that's never good. 
Mm, I was about to ask, have you retained any sort of default diary factor? Well, I get a calendar alerts every couple hours and just ignore them completely. (laughs) I do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's on my list today is to try and reset my default diary. Get an alarm to reset your alarms. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all about those. Mm Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. What about you? What's up? I want to shoot a bunch of new photos for the shelves and kit parts today. Mm. And so, yeah, prepping the photo booth this morning to shoot some new content. Mm-hmm. I dredged all the kit parts photos out of my Lightroom. I made a new collection in Lightroom yesterday to see what I've actually got on hand. And I've got over 3,000 photos of kit parts already and I was like wow I should just be able to make this new landing page with what I've already got but I found myself very quickly going no, no I don't have this angle I, I want this direct mm. comparison shot between this and this so yeah. I'm going to shoot some new content just on clean white background and we're building a couple of new landing pages for the website at the moment just kind of really focusing in on our key three two key products and one sort of key custom offering and putting those sort of front and center on the website and also just having somewhere to direct direct ad, ad yeah, traffic to, for to ads, more. Yeah. yeah, just so I've got like a clear like landing off product offering page. I always yeah. think about those like Kickstarter pages when I'm thinking about these. It's like mm-hmm. there's something about a Kickstarter page in the way it kind of just like endlessly scrolls and it's like, and then there's this feature and this feature and it does this and then there's call to action and then it's like blah, 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 blah. And it's just yeah. like so rich mm-hmm. and kind of over overdone in a way. But there's something I like about those pages as well in terms of if you are in- genuinely interested, you can just keep scrolling and like explore well, stuff. They definitely have figured out something there that seems like it converts. Mm. And then there's like, they've, I think the thing I noticed recently, when I was looking at a friend's kickstarter was there's like now ways to make pretty good graphs and like timelines for projects which is pretty nice that stuff did not exist back you had to make your own graphics (laughs) back when i did it in 2011 yeah okay yeah what did you do it for that laptop stand the prop laptop stand yeah yeah no i haven't really i've been actually thinking about like i almost always have another product idea floating around in my head mm. and like wanting to work on that. I have something in mind, but I am not even remotely ready to start working on it yet. Just, which is frustrating because it's like, that's what I always want to be doing. But I, you know, as I was saying, it's, it's more about executing and figuring out the last product that, that we're pre-selling yep. currently and trying to get that yep. out. And the hurdles of that, I'm still very much stressing about. You know, when people need help remotely, how does that work? How do you, we can phone call, we can, I can remote share potentially to their computer, but it's like, if I can't see what they're trying to accomplish physically, mm-hmm. that really stresses me out. Like so far I haven't, it assumes that I completely know every machine mentally and yeah. all the potential failure points to like solve. And that, that is terrifying to me at this point still. And I think a lot of them just kind of expect, a lot of customers expect that that's all going to be solved, you know, for them mm-hmm. perfectly. Like that, you know, if I just run this one file and all of a sudden all I got to do is 
you know, tap a hammer on something and it's all installed. But mm. yeah, we'll get there, I hope. You'll get them. Yeah. Certainly be good to get a bit more field experience if you have opportunity to. Yeah. See some more machines. Yeah. Preempt some of those issues. But, yeah, there's one more Tricky. in Seattle. I could probably see. The problem is a lot of the machines that I'm aware of are very close, if not the same thing as what we have. <laughs> so That's it's good. like I already know that one pretty well. Yeah. One quirky thing that we discovered at this customer that we installed the pedestals on, and they actually noticed it as I was working on resetting where the tools load at, which is kind of like mm-hmm. calibrate, teach the machine where the positions are. It's a different gantry y-axis design instead of like ours has kind of a frame and then the ball screws are inside of that so if you run mm-hmm. off and turn off the soft limits you can hit the back of the machine like the the steel yeah. and it stops obviously because it's like oh, ouch you know that hurt that was too much force this machine and it's now kind of the standard machine frame design they have for shop sabers as far as we can tell you can just run it off the rails just no hard limits just at all nothing at all just runs straight off, wow. which we were within yeah. like yeah. five or six millimeters, probably of of reaching the end, not falling mm-hmm. off. But the trucks yeah. were right on the edge, and I was like, "Ooh, yeah, that's." We were trying to discuss because he, he had some decent ideas of like how do you stop a customer from potentially doing that to their own machine, right? Like give them mm-hmm. advice on it because it's like if you accidentally jog the wrong way, then. What do you do then? You've got a gantry off the tracks. Just drive it back on. Push the ball bearings back into the trucks and drive it back on. Oh, God. We've, all, we've all been there, right? Well, no, I just hit the back of the machine. <laughs> Currently. <laughs> the number of times I've driven the trucks off on the pencil sharpener, it's fine. Mm. Doesn't yeah. care. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. Well, lots to do, shall yeah. we? Mm-hmm. See you. Hello. See you later. But but uh, what? What's good for you? I could do my Friday or Saturday. Yeah, sure. Should be your yeah. So tomorrow or the next day, I could do. So your your Friday. So week. that's my Thursday. Yeah. Which is tomorrow. Which is tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Yeah. See you t- do this again tomorrow. Same time tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> <All right. laughs> See ya. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for getting up to make coffee. I didn't. What? I made this coffee yesterday. I got to make tomorrow's coffee. Can't we worry about tomorrow's coffee tomorrow? Nope. The only reason why we have today's coffee is because I worried about it yesterday. 